Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Um, we have a special guest today, Pedro. How are you doing, Pedro? We're so excited to have you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We were talking offline. You have quite an exciting last two weeks, right? You're soccer coach. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But before we get into our conversation today, which is going to be about you, about being a Latino in ad tech, how you started on the publisher side, where to go from here, if you're listening and can relate to us. Um, how about you give us like a good two, three minutes introduction of yourself, who you are, what you do, and maybe your future aspirations. Yeah. Name is Pedro Sanchez, born and raised in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Nice. Yeah, been here my whole life. I don't think, even though the the snow is is cold and and falls hard <laughs> yeah. in the winter, I don't I don't think I'm going anywhere. Oh, um, that's cool. Been in ad tech now for close to ten years. I think I'm I'm coming up on ten. Mm -hmm. Started just getting into business, and slowly that turned into learning advertising and marketing and. I've always been around sports, worked with sports companies, even in my position now with Didna. We still work enough with sports companies and sports publishers that the, the sports itch, it's still getting satisfied. But yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, aspirations, that, that's a great question. I don't, <laughs> I don't revisit it as much as I probably should, but <laughs> I think my goal is, is really just to make an impact, whether it's locally, globally. Mm -hmm. Just love to, you know, yeah. be be an inspiration for for Latinos, for people from my community, and and, yeah. and really anything there in between. I just love to grow and help people grow. That's really cool. So now you're at Didna, right? Didna, what what is Didna? Like, what do you guys do? What magics, like awesome magics, happening at Didna? How do you service your clients? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. Didna right now is is still a, a small team. We're, we're a small team of innovators. We work with publishers, different agencies and brands. We leverage at some proprietary technology, which is uh, you know powered by AI and machine learning technology to optimize yeah. revenue for, for the publisher. We're, we're stepping into kind of having a multifacet of the business, but our bread and butter has been our machine learning technology uh, that really optimizes the best CPM for a publisher. Gotcha, gotcha. So I know you wanted to talk about CTV and we want to talk about some ad tech innovation. Is there anything pertaining to Didna? So you would be considering a data provider for your clients, right? A demand provider. A demand provider. Okay. Okay. So yeah. what is that exactly? Yeah. So the way we're working with the publishers is typically when you know publisher A comes to us, they're signing some sort of uh, agreement to make us an extension of their ad ops. Even if a company has a big or small team, it could be multiple yeah. people, one person. We yeah. love to really roll up our sleeves, learn their business, and learn how we can help them. And oh, okay. the the, the best way for us to do it to start is we have, and primarily my day to day is is working mm -hmm. with all of our supply and, and SSP partners, different agencies to get direct deals as well. Mm, um, okay. We're able to come to the publisher and say, hey, plug in our demand along with everything else they may get from us. So uh, there's okay. a lot of consulting that goes into play with these publishers and mm -hmm. finding the best solution, best new units, 
I love um, it. And, and really walking alongside them to get the best solution for them. Mm -hmm. So here's a, a quick question about the consulting side of what you do at Didna. What has been one of the challenges you've been coming across a lot lately in your line of business? So like publishers are asking a lot about this and we're finding that we have to do this or, you know, our demand is here, but we should be here. What are like, you don't have to give specific names, but what are some of the challenges you're going through? Because I think it's important to highlight like, yo, it's Q4. <laughs> um, yeah. There are, these are the challenges we're expecting. And this is what we will tell our publishers or our partner, client partners to handle this. Absolutely. You know, I, I think advertising in general is, is always kind of a love and hate with the ad placements. Mm -hmm. So that's, okay. that's always an ongoing challenge of oh. don't put too many ads. But I, you know, publisher wants to make the most money as as possible with their oh, site. Interesting. Okay. So you're always always trying to figure out, hey, based on your users, what what is acceptable and what's not, mm. um, and that's that's very much specific to a site. It's it, it's never a one size fits all solution. Okay. But I mean, there's always challenges around what ad formats, you know, where display and video will work great on one publisher. Mm -hmm. The combination of both may not be best suited for another publisher's site. And it's kind of really finding where where are the avenues to help help a publisher and mm -hmm. ad ad formats is is always always a big one. And it's not necessarily a specific ad format. Yeah. I yeah. think for, for us right now at Didna, we are really kind of leaning into outstream players oh. on, on desktop and mobile. It's not necessarily something that's new to the industry. Mm -hmm. But it's a new product for Didna to have our own player, um, and being able to leverage and utilize other other people's players as well. But bringing that to our publisher base, seeing where there's opportunity where it won't disrupt the the users' yeah use of the site is is always something we're conscious of. So mm -hmm. that's really a a challenge on the mobile and, and desktop website of things. And then of course you and I have have, have mentioned CTV. Mm -hmm. Being that that next big one that I think going into Q4, World Cups coming up, and then beyond, uh, I think CTV is is a challenge that everyone is still trying to figure out. But there's a lot of dollars going that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, streaming is big right now. Um, just in case you didn't know, whoever is listening, this your your gentle reminder that streaming is big for many reasons, but also for many the benefits of streaming as a consumer, but also as a brand. But I love what you said about you know sometimes about just you know consulting the client. Yes, you really want to maximize and monetize, but maybe having all of those ads in one is not recommended. So that's one of the things that I love about what we do is that we're able to be consultant um, during that that time. Like, yeah, we do the work, but we're here also to give advice to our client. I think that's like one of those underrated things, like tap into your partners. So if you're listening to this, even if you're not working with Did Not yet, I think it's really important to ask your partners, your DSPs, your supply uh, partners that this is what we're trying to do. What do you think? Because they are talking to many other people that are probably going through the same thing as you and they can give you the best advice. I think that's really important. Yeah, I completely agree. I've always been both pro professionally and personal life, like, yeah. hey, learn, learn, learn from people. It's yeah. not necessarily don't look to steal things. 
we can all, as a, as a coach, maybe I'll feel a warm up drill or something, but <laughs> it, it's always, you know, partner up, you, you know, bring people in where you're weak and, and learn and adapt. I, I think that's such a valuable trait to have mm-hmm. and, and to be able to just partner up with people. I, that's, I love my position as the, the partnerships director at Didna because we, yeah. we do just that. You talk to people, hey, what do you, what do you have? What are you doing? Uh, how can that help our publishers? Mm-hmm. And then work with our team internally to then bring that out to our network. And it's not, not always as quick as I would like, but mm-hmm. to your point, it's just, hey, listen, talk, get it out there. And people may say no, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately we're still trying to find the solution that's best for them not so much did know that's that's really dope because you did say like you came from the publisher side right from i did upside. so talk to us about what, what so what does that mean for the publisher because i'm on the buy side so i kind of know yeah. what ups do on the publisher side but kind of not know um <laughs> so tell us like in line people listening and myself like what does that's- that mean <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How did you even so, get started? Can we start there first? How did you even land it in the industry? Like, how did you get started there? Yeah, I guess I'll go way back. Getting my toes and feet wet into advertising in general was through digital out-of-home advertising. So imagine your advertising screens in a coffee shop or restaurant, bus station, whatever it may be. I came across a job by mistake. It was a friend of mine needed somebody with tech knowledge that that's what I had. I didn't have any advertising knowledge. I ended up running the company in in three short months. I was doing a lot of the tech work, scheduling the ad campaigns, also trying to sell some of these ad campaigns. Um, so that was kind of the start of understanding what's an impression, how how does that even work? Uh, a lot of these locations give crazy numbers of how many visitors they have coming through and just trying to provide the value for the advertiser on those sites. How did you learn? Like, how did you learn what's an impression? What's a SSP? What does it stand for? How did you learn that information? Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I, I honestly had no idea what an SSP was. I was selling <laughs> local, like, hey, you're a Mayor oh. K dealer or, or whatever. Like, hey, you okay. want to pay 50 bucks a month? And the way that it worked out was each location that we were in got a revenue share mm-hmm. of what we sold. So it was kind of, okay. I wasn't even using a real ad server. I was creating a, a video slideshow <laughs> on these TVs oh, wow. and, running, and running that. So it was like very, very basic. That was probably 2014, wow, 2013, that's, that's 2014. Let's go yeah. way back. Yeah. So, I know some of these companies are still around. Uh, I actually love to visit the locations. They don't necessarily have advertising anymore, but some of our OG equipment is still still hanging out. What? Yeah. Funny. Oh my God, that's really cool. But yeah, I, I landed at a, a publisher called VNN Sports. It was Varsity News Network at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a network of now probably 15,000 uh, high school websites. Oh wow! And it's it's really your local high school. Their athletic department would have a website where their uh, schedules go, their scores go. Coaches can post. You know, it's it's like we used to call it the ESPN of high school sports, <laughs> but it's, it's your specific school's ESPN. That's really cool. So it's, it's very cool. I ended up there as 
a consultant as kind of a website builder. And that was kind of just the technology that came through. It was cool side hustle money. It was kind of how it started. It, it wasn't a full-time gig. Yeah. And through that process, kind of went up in a couple different roles and ended up starting the advertising department for them. And that was really when I started using DoubleClick. So, <laughs> so, so back then, DoubleClick for publishers and uh, going through the process of, hey, is DFP the, the best thing for us to use? Yeah. <laughs> Should we use something else? And I honestly just learned it all on the fly using Google forums, mm-hmm. asking people questions that may have used it before. And fast forward six years, I did a lot of different things from just trafficking, mm-hmm. um, sponsorship type of campaigns where someone just bought three, four months to, wow. uh, I think near my couple last months there, our revenue was going to hit about quarter of a million dollars to programmatic. Nice. Which is, which is pretty big. Yeah, it is. And here I am at Didna. We Didna was a partner of us. Uh, <laughs> I think since the early beginning, Didna became a partner of VNN, so I knew the team very well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was as simple as asking some of the leadership here, "Hey, how how can I learn? What are you guys doing? Because uh, I'd love to grow my knowledge." And that turned into a uh, full time job opportunity eventually. Listen, that is one of the reasons why I like to ask this question. How did you start it? Because it's not, everybody has such an interesting story. Like the only way I landed here is also accidental. I applied for a job. They call me back to tell me that actually um, that's not going to work. You're not qualified. But we're starting this programmatic department. I know you don't know anything about it, but we're willing to train you. And I was like, cool. I was motivated by money because I was a recent grad. I had bills to pay. And that's how I landed in programmatic. So now, fast forward in our time, 2022, when I speak to college grads, when I give presentation into like, you know, the, the marketing association pres- groups, it's really hard to explain to them, like, it's, it's not easy to get educated unless you know which vendors to go for. And so, and that's honestly why I created the course that I have. It's called the Reach and Frequency course. It's everything I learned as a trader, because again, I'm on the buy side. Everything I learned as a trader, anyone that needs, that wants to become a trader, a campaign manager can learn. And it gives all of the example. It literally talks about like what's retargeting, what's SSP, what's this and that. And then in the, the last module, it talks about how... Now that you're running your campaign, here's how you want to optimize. Now that you're, now that you're optimizing, here is your yeah. reporting hacks, like top five things you want to talk about in every reporting, things like that. Again, it's very, very relevant for somebody on the buy side that is managing one or two DSPs or four. And literally had expert reach out to me saying, this is bomb because I didn't even know about this and I've been working in the industry for four years. Um, so it's really cool that you are hashtag self-taught. Can we use that hashtag self-thought? I'm definitely going to that in the description of this show notes. I mean, on the podcast, that's it. Hashtag self-thought. <laughs> but I appreciate that. I appreciate your journey. So if anybody's listening, starting in their own journey, what are like three things you want them to know? Like what's your drop of wisdom right now? Yeah, three things. <laughs> Dang. Well, I think the first one is, is ask questions. Okay. I, I think that nowadays people... You tend to say, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. But also sometimes it's, hey, ask questions, show people that 
you're working to understand what what needs to be done to do it right mm-hmm. secondly is own it and, and create your own spin on it because mm-hmm. what you know going off ask you ask questions but make it your own develop your own process your own understanding of it third <laughs> that's a tough one i i think in general is you know, align with people that align with what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, your own personal mission, align with people that, you know, if you care about sustainability, align with people that care about sustainability. It's so good. It, so good. It makes it so much more valuable to you to be around people that care about similar values and missions as you do. That is so good. And I think it's a good segue to like one of the final questions I had is like being a Latino in, in attic. What does that mean? Like what are, and I don't only want to talk about the challenges. I also want to talk about the wins here, because again, somebody's going to listen to us. They're going to relate to your story. They're going to relate to how we sound, look, just our values. And so what were maybe a few challenges that you never expected or what are some of like the opportunities you had because of, of that? Because there is a serious diversity, equity, inclusion, and representation in our industry. Let's be for real. That's one of our mission. That's why we make it a point to invite people that just reflects our mission, which is you. What does that represent for you? Like, and this is your time to to really talk about how proud you are, but also like these are actually what it is to be who I am in the industry right now. Yeah. It's something that I've more or less I'm thinking about it more and more mm-hmm. nowadays as my younger siblings are kind of coming into high school age and, yeah. and, and considering what they want to do in their future. And, and these questions are coming up uh, just naturally. But I consider myself very lucky uh, to be a child of an immigrant who mm-hmm. moved to the United States to, to mm-hmm. you know, have a, a better living for their kids. I'm, you know, very thankful of of that. I was I was able to get a high school education, mm-hmm. go to college, be the first one to graduate college from my family and That's fascinating. be able to have a have a good career now and, and something that as a coach in my own community that I went to, I think it speaks volume to be able to, to say, hey, you know, the path that your parents took being more field workers and different type of more immigrant work, you would you would assume mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be their path. That's but right. yeah, I think yeah, it, it's a, a bit of tech industry, but I definitely just look at it kind of more of a holistic approach that, hey, there's opportunities there college is tangible. Yes, it's not the most affordable thing nowadays, but it's it's an opportunity that you can have, not just go right into the workforce. Not that that's a bad deal, mm-hmm. um, but the opportunities are there. And at industry-wise, I've been thankful to be bilingual mm-hmm. and and be able to, to bridge the gaps in, in different yeah. communities. And, and even just, in, it's not even international, but yeah. uh, domestically in the U.S., I can recall back in my ad ops role with VNN having to translate all the time for advertisers and yeah. uh, staff in Texas, Florida, California. And That's cool. um, now with Didna, we are in multiple countries. So the Spanish in Mexico doesn't translate <laughs> as good to Spain <laughs> or obviously Brazil's Portuguese, but you, you can bridge Spanish a little bit mm-hmm. uh, with publishers in, in Central and Latin America. But it's it's been such an incredible blessing to be able to have conversations and and, and explain what just, you do. Yeah, that's super. Absolutely. Cool. 
That's really cool. I mean, my first language is French, but it's not as easy to explain. Not at <laughs> my all. My native language, but I'm always like, oh, Lord, how do you do this? Um, let me translate it. Okay, because now I think speak and, you know, brainstorm in English first. So it's definitely a blessing to be bilingual in the industry. And, I, you know, we want to invite more bilingual people for that matter. Absolutely. To bridge the global boundaries that we have set for ourselves by our previous whoever. And I think it's really cool. And I, and I really want to commend you for, for sharing and, and being having such a great impact in the community because we need to hear more of your, your story, right? But I want to be respectful of your time. I know I want to be able to ask you one, one more question before we close. And that's probably the most important question. But how would you describe what you do to a five-year-old? Whoa. <laughs> okay. Wait, how how old are your, your soccer team uh players? Uh they're in high school. So oh, they're any, way anywhere old. from anyway, they're almost 13. adults. No. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good example. How would you explain five year olds to my niece? I love that question. Uh that's fantastic. <laughs> I would think that most five-year-olds nowadays are getting exposed to some sort of video pre-roll content For somewhere. Sure. Okay. Uh, so I think that's the easiest one to be like, hey, you know, when you're trying to watch your Paw Patrol video or your Mario <laughs> video, yeah. um, that advertisement that comes up, what I do at Didna is is uh, connect the different people that need to connect to make that video show up. Oh, that is really dope. That's a good way to explain it. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I love to ask that question because people really think about it. Um, and that, that one is a really good explanation. I've heard the typical, well, pretty much advertising is like eBay. I'm like, ah, there's no eBay nowadays. I'm kidding. eBay is still around. Um, but thank you so much for dropping by. If anybody had any question, how would they reach out to you? Uh, the easiest way is my email, pedro.sanchez at didna.io. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for dropping by. Bedro's email and information will be all in the show notes under this video or in the podcast description. As always, thank you for coming around and I'll see you next week. Thank you.